Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan, and I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody, how you doing? Hi, Paul. How are you? Good. Doing good. Glad we're back in the swing. Um, looking forward to today's podcast. Um, in short, this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they are related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Today's topic is life insurance. Um, not an incredibly sexy topic uh, and, and, and probably not a fun topic, but a very necessary topic, right? And I think for us is how do you, you know, the big question is how much coverage do you need? What type of insurance should you have for you and your family? Um, and and, and what, do you, what should you be paying for it, right? So just kind of a quick, you know, overview of, of what we do with life insurance, right? So my current situation um, is that um, years ago when my, I didn't have life insurance, I always had it through the companies that I worked for. And then when my son was born, I had that light bulb moment that I have to get insurance, right? That's what people tell you. You have a kid, you have to get insurance. You probably should have had it before then, uh, but I definitely needed it when my son was born. So uh, I called somebody who was recommended by a friend. Uh, it was coincidental timing. Um, and the person came and went through the whole insurance process where they do the medical. And I thought I was buying a term life insurance policy because I was always told to buy term insurance and no whole life. And so I, that's what I thought I bought and I proceeded to use it. And then a few years later, I read the policy and it's not really term. It's a mix of like term and whole life and it's not what they call level term. I didn't know to ask for level term insurance. So over the years, I've been reading about different types of insurance and now, long story short, I've ditched that policy and I've written a new policy with the same company but with a different broker at the company. And now I believe I have the proper coverage that I wanted to have in place. I thought I had the right coverage because I just said, oh, give me term insurance. And it turned out that the broker at the time didn't really give me term. But I could go into a little more detail later as we go through the differences between the two. Um, so for me, in short, I do have insurance through my company. Uh, my wife has it through her company. Um, usually it's one times uh, yearly salary. Plus, uh, you could add on and, and buy more through the company. But from a belt and suspenders approach, we have insurance through our companies and through our jobs, but we also have our own insurance policies, right? So if we move from job to job, there's no risk of losing insurance as we're moving from job to job from a life insurance perspective. Um, Jody, what's your current situation when it comes to life insurance in your current view? Yeah, I, I think that uh, we, we have life insurance. <clears throat> Both my wife and I have individual policies. Um, we also have some I have some very minor insurance through work. But I think probably the best place to start talking about life insurance is to talk about why you get life insurance and why you get it. Just like, you know, why you buy a cup of coffee, why you get life insurance. Life insurance is there to protect the people you leave behind should you meet an untimely end. Um, and so for you and me, Paul, that's taking care of our wives, our kids our families, and the debts that they will have that will go unpaid if potentially if our salaries go away. That's what life insurance does. Mm -hmm. It replaces earnings. Yep. Um, and so let's just jump to the end real quick. If you don't have any debts, there's not a huge reason to have life insurance, right? Now, you're going to have debts because people got to buy food and stuff like that. So probably 
anybody with a family should have some form of life insurance. Um, but once you get beyond that, that basic baseline concept is where it starts to get very murky and very uh, involved. And, and you really need to, I think, rely on the, on the advice of a professional. Certainly I did. It sounds like you did too. Um, and, and you need to do a lot of homework. So, so life insurance is there to replace your earnings uh, if, if, you're, if you're gone, if you die. And so you have to do a lot of math and figure out how much am I earning and, and what are my debts going to be, what are my family's debts going to be after, if, if I die, um, and, and what are they going to need to continue on as though my earnings were still there. Yep. Uh, and I think that's the, that's the baseline with how you have to really have to approach life insurance. Yep. I think you hit it on the head. It's debt that you already have plus ongoing expenditures, right? So in my situation, uh, me and my wife have, I believe 12 times salary. Uh, that's the rule of thumb is 10 to 12 times salary. That's what people tell you. Um, that's what the financial experts have touted is how much you may need in the event of, of an untimely death. And, and that's to cover not only my my loss of income, but to maybe hire that full-time nanny that may have to be in the house while my wife continues to work or have enough money where my wife can take off for a little while and, and kind of let herself breathe and then maybe go back into the workforce, right? So um, when we were calculating what we need, um, those factors came into play was was what the debt, what debts we'd have, which you, we, you pointed out, plus the replacement of income, the ongoing expenditures, right? What's it gonna cost to, to raise the two kids that I have without me, right? So that's where it really uh, came into, into play was making sure, and you said it, doing the math, right? Sitting down with a trusted advisor. Uh, the first life insurance person I had, I don't think was a trusted advisor. I think he was a little bit slippery, like a car salesman. The second life insurance advisor really wanted to advise and teach me about it. Um, but I had to do a lot of my own homework um, along the way. And some of the lessons learned that I learned was um, term insurance and level term, the idea of level term. So if you buy a 10-year policy, those payments every month are the same every month for the life of the policy. That's right. Right. So the first policy I had, the guy sold me escalating uh, payments. So by Morning the time flag. I got seven Morning years flag. in, oh, excuse me, what was that? Warning flag. That's yes. a salesman. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's so making money from that. Nothing wrong with making money for, you know, a, a person's got to make money. But if he doesn't tell you that up front, that's a warning flag. Yep, absolutely. And and uh, now I learned my lesson. Right. And then I think that he was trying to sell. He sold me this combination hold slash term life. But uh, rule of thumb, uh, term life is the way to go. Whole life uh, is, is putting investments into insurance, which. Um, there's a lot of people that will argue that depending on your income and depending on different situations that there's a need for whole life insurance. If you listen to most of the financial experts, the, the prominent ones, the Dave Ramseys, the Susie Ormans, the, the David Box, right? The, the people that are trying to advise, they all say the same thing. Stay away from whole life insurance. If you need to invest, invest your money separately outside of insurance. Well, I mean, and you're, you're totally right, Paul. And, and think about this, right? Light, your life insurance is not an investment, right? <laughs> you, you can, you can and, and, and don't take my word for it. Ask anybody on Wall Street. 
you know, who, it talk, when, you're, when you're comparing investment to investment to investment, you know, how much money are you going to make back putting your money into a whole life insurance policy, which is quote unquote invested mm-hmm. versus buying XYZ stock versus XYZ mutual fund versus stuffing your money in a traditional savings account, right? You, I mean, the, 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 the stock approach, and don't get me wrong, I'm not advocating you know, stock market investing um, for everybody, um, but, but stock market investing is going out, to outrun whole life insurance investing by a mile. Yes. So, so, what are you trying, so what are you trying to do? Life insurance, to me, life insurance is, uh, paying for life insurance is like paying for any other debt. Like we said, um, you pay the minimum amount that you can to get the thing that you need, right? So it's just like buying a car. It's just like buying a house or renting a house or buying a, buying a cup of coffee. You, you want to pay the minimum amount of money you can to get the thing that you need that is the thing that you need. It's not the cheap version. It's the thing that you need. Um, and, and so by, by that standard – you should shop around for life insurance that meets your needs that costs the least amount of money possible. Yeah, very well put, right? So for me, um, you know, I the lessons I had to learn were reading the fine print. I probably should have read my first policy more closely when I signed it. Yeah, me too, uh, me I, too. I probably I had, I had a whole life and converted to a term, and I can't tell you how much that I threw away on a life on a whole life insurance policy it was nuts. Yep, absolutely. And then I, I really needed to understand the the concepts and do my research and and then shop around. Um, I probably didn't shop around enough. Although uh, years ago I did try to get additional insurance and I tried to shop around. I went to one of those quote providers, and which are good, right? Because they'll get you three or four different quotes. The problem is once you sign up on some of these websites, you will get inundated with email and phone calls to sell you insurance. It is really overwhelming. And the first time I did it, and I can't remember the site I used, I had to really stop all looking. Everyone that called, I had to shut down these individual channels um, (laughs) because I said, I am not, I'm just consider me dead. I, I, I can't take this. I can't. It was just so much pressure to buy insurance. And I Did you cash in it. your life insurance policy? <laughs> Almost, yeah, exactly. Um, but what I wound up doing was the, the insurance policy I had that was this, uh, I converted, right? So um, it wasn't necessarily a conversion because it wasn't pure whole life. It was term, but it was this kind of term whole life combination thing. Um, but I spoke to my, my most recent life insurance advisor and we went through it in detail and she helped me convert at the same company. Right, so there's a lot of great companies out there. They all are are doing the same thing, and they're all very comparable, right? North, uh, I think it's Northwestern, it's it's AIG, and I'm not endorsing them. I think the the fundamental rule here is they all have to pay you, and they're all uh, they're all liable to pay you. They're all within the government regulations, so um, it really comes down to price because they're all going to pay you the same. They're all going to deliver the money, and God forbid, in the in the event of a of a catastrophic. Um, you know, in, in the ultimate catastrophic, right? They will pay. Um, so it really comes down to price, right? And the other thing I learned was it does come down to health. When I first got my policy, I was a bit heavier. And then when I uh, lost some weight and reapplied, I was amazed how much the rates had come down. Um, and, and that was very cool. And if you're a smoker, 
and you quit smoking for a certain amount of time, your rates come down. So just like with car insurance, if you have no accidents and you have a clean record, you'll you'll pay lower rates. And I think it's the same for life insurance. So you'll if you if you if you leave a, lead a clean lifestyle and you're healthy, your insurance rates will come down dramatically. Uh, and I think I saw that in my last policy and that we wrote, and which also um, leads to another topic, which I'm just going to divert for uh, is when do you know to to hold life insurance and when you when do you know when you don't need it anymore, right? And I think you touched upon this at the beginning of the podcast is you know, becoming self-insured to a degree, right? Getting to yourself to a place in life where you have enough money, your debts are, are paid off or paid down significantly, and you could look and you're constantly calculating how much insurance I need. So I anticipate that maybe, not right now, I keep the, the insurance rates, the insurance policies in place. But as my kids graduate high school, college, out on their own, as my policies, my 20 year level term comes to an end, I'm going to have to figure out, do I want to keep insurance on myself? Or hopefully at that point, I'm self-insured, right? If something happens to me, what's my wife's situation look like? If she's still working and the kids are out of the house and the house is paid, does she need insurance? Uh, I guess it's, it's, and it's, you know, it's a conversation that comes down to not only the finances, but comfort level, right? So I'll have those conversations with my wife when the time is appropriate not now we need to keep all the insurance in place everything the way it is but at certain stations in life you're gonna sit down and say do i really need to continue insurance do i need to buy a new policy and that's something important to 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 recognize and make sure you keep track of um, life events and and tailor your insurance to those life events what do you think jody yeah 100 percent. you've got to figure out what what debts are going to be owed after you're gone um, house, college, kids, spouse, anything else, um, because those debts need to be paid. And right now they're getting paid by your salary or the money that you generate or whatever that is. And those debts don't go away when you croak, <laughs> those debts come calling. So, um, what legacy are you going to leave for your family or for the other people you leave behind? And, um, how are you going to make sure that those debts get paid after your death, just like you were doing when you were alive? That's the that's the answer to life insurance. Yep. Uh, and that's what life insurance does for you. Um, it's just it's just money that pops up after you die. And don't forget too that some of that evaporates in taxes. Some of that evaporates in other things that get taken out of that pot. So if you have a you know a million dollar life insurance policy. Your family isn't getting a million cash. They're well, getting no, less I, than I that. I think um, I want to I want to correct you on that. Uh, we yeah. probably should research that. Yeah, life insurance is not subject to estate tax. My understanding with life insurance, uh, and unfortunately, I had to go through that with with my when my father passed. He did have a level of of I was I was shocked because some people don't just don't have it. I was surprised that my parents had life insurance, but my father did something a year before where he cut the policy in half. So I don't need it. Right. And then it turned out, well, my mother really didn't need the money. But when my father passed, we called the insurance company and submitted the paperwork, which is typically the death certificate. And she got a check for, I'm going to say $50,000. But there was no tax on that. Uh, I believe we should probably 
look at that ruling and, and probably I just jumped uh, here on the on the IRS website. So let me just read this off. So do I report proceeds paid under a life insurance contract as taxable income? The answer is generally life insurance proceeds you receive as a beneficiary due to the death of the insured person are not included in gross income and do not have to be reported. However, any interest you receive is taxable. And you have to report that as interest received. All right. So the whole so the million. Right. So the million dollars you get, you know, from a life insurance policy, fine. But any interest that comes from that million is taxable. And when you get up into those numbers, that can that can be significant. Yep. And I think that's the difference between term and whole life. Right. Where I think with whole life, there's an interest component. But with term life, I don't believe there's an interest component. You pay for term life insurance just like you would. For car insurance when you stop paying the payment you don't have life insurance anymore right so with whole life once you stop paying the payment they will cash out the policy and there is some level of tax hit that may be had because of the interest that was earned from the from the earnings from the policy so i think we're both in the middle on that so i think the the the, the uh the lesson learned here is make sure that you work with your all your advisors in that type of situation, right? So God forbid something happens, make sure you have your accountant, your attorney, all your trusted advisors around you that can help you whether, do I owe taxes, do I not owe taxes, depending on the policy type, et cetera. So I think that's important. Um, and I think um, before, Jody, you mentioned really about leaving that legacy and, and that really hits home, right? You, you don't wanna disrupt your kid's life, right? They're already gonna be disrupted, God forbid something happens. So having that type of insurance coverage on you or your spouse is so critical, right? Because there's so many other things to worry about in the case of a death, right? And I know we're getting morbid here, but it's, it's reality. Um, when my father passed, I'm going to use that as the example. My mother was not flush with cash. Um, there was some money, but that life insurance came in pretty handy. Um, knowing that we could have services for my father that my mother could breathe a little bit, that there was a little bit of residual money, that if she needed to take a few extra weeks off from work, whatever that was, she had it at her ready, right? Some people out there, they don't have any life insurance at all. Uh, someone passes and they can't even afford to to provide the, uh, the deceased with a proper burial. I, I've been uh, forwarded a number of times, GoFundMe pages for people that have uh, relatives that pass and, and they're trying to raise money because there's not enough money to have basic services uh, for, for the deceased. So I think that's an interesting um, thing to think about is making sure that you have enough in place and enough coverage to make sure your family is comfortable and to not allow your family to have to focus on the finances. Let them focus on grieving. Let them focus on all the other emotions, but they should not have to focus on the fear of finance when it comes to um, death. And I think that's what life insurance helps with. Yeah, fully agreed. You know, so um, at the end of the day, I think just to kind of summary recap here, um, there's a lot of lessons learned that we've touted in life and in, in, in looking at life insurance. So I guess number one, make sure you're reading the fine print. Uh, make sure you know what you're signing and be educated in what you're signing. Uh, our recommendation is term life insurance, level term. That's probably the most key. You want to pay the same payment 
over the duration, whether it's a 10-year level term or a 20-year or a 30-year, you want to pay that same rate every month, no escalating payments. Um, try to get enough life insurance that can replace your income for a significant amount of time. And make sure that, in short, you go out today. If you don't have life insurance and you have kids, go out and get it, right? If it's get it through work, get it on your own, uh, through a broker, whatever's needful to make sure that you have that coverage you need to make sure your family is safe and protected. Anything to add, Jody? I think you hit it, Paul. Yeah, it's it's going back to being intentional with your money. It's going back to making sure that you're you're taking care of the things you need to take care of and leaving people in the place that you want them to be, regardless of whether you're there or not. That's what life insurance does for you. Cool. Very cool. Well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just search for Financial Dads. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Thank you.